What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hey, What You Watching, the weekly podcast where Marcelo Pico and I discuss the films we've been watching. This is episode 46, Billy Lynn's Long Podcast Walk, and I'm your host, Matt Carrione, and with me as usual is... Hey, it's your co-host, Marcelo Pico. How you doing, Matt? Hello, Editor-in-Chief. Editor-in-Chief. I guess that's my title. I I don't do well with titles, Matt. I don't... Well, you do now. I don't like being <laughs> in charge, but hey, I am but in you charge. you are. I, I, I am in charge of TalkFromSociety.com. And hello, Mr. Managing Editor. Hi, that's me. Matt Curione. Uh, I like titles. <laughs> I don't like titles. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've been at this website thing now for, what, about more than a week now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Ten, ten days, approximately. About two weeks. Two weeks. Um, and not, no, not two weeks. Not even close. It's been just a yes, week and because, a half. Yes, because we launched uh, the day after I moved, and I moved in two weeks ago. Wait, no. We, no, no, no. It's been a week and, like, two days. We, we launched on the 17th of November, and it's the 26th of November right now, Matt. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let me have my timeline in my brain, okay? One, and a, one week and a half is not two weeks, okay? Might as well be. This is what we're going to... I can't believe and this... You know what, and you know what? Pluto's not a planet anymore, either. This so is... I, we, should save, we should save these arguments for the show, Matt. We're just arguing over lengths we of are time on the at show. this point. We are on the show right now. <laughs> I mean, when we actually discuss movies, okay? This is not what we, oh, should, we should be arguing okay. about, okay? <laughs> we should be discussing the merits of Tron Legacy, which we'll get into later. Spoilers! Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> That's just a you tease. Just ru- it's a you tease. You just ruined the riddle corner, damn it. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. No, I'm not. It's going to stay in. So, okay, this is, the you know, full disclosure, peek behind the curtain. We're recording this Saturday after Thanksgiving. We usually do these on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, but yes, because of Thanksgiving, we're recording it this, uh, this here on this special day. And Because holiday happened. Yeah, I just drove back from a parent's place, had a lot of turkey, watched a lot of movies, and now back, back into the swing of things, recording podcasts, editing, being the editor-in-chief of a website and that's hell yeah real, real quick matt um i mean because we got into it in the last episode of the talk from society podcast but l- yes let me, l- let me hear your thoughts now you know a few days later how do you feel about the website so far i feel like donald trump <laughs> it's i didn't realize there was going to be so much work oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're also embezzling uh things behind everybody's backs and you know. wrong <laughs> You also think the website is huge? Uh, it's actually quite bigly. It's bigly. Um, yeah. No, no, for real, though. Uh, it's a lot of work, but it's also a lot of fun. It. Yeah, I- I'm glad you think that, Matt. Um, you were really stressed out. Uh, and just, <laughs> you think? And tired of pretty much everything um, last time we recorded a podcast. Yeah, I was ready I was ready to, you know, enact a uh, scorched earth campaign. <laughs> and uh, that would have been fun. But now we have things, you know, things are going, you know, moving forward. We, we've hit a lot of bumps, but I think we're we're pretty, in a good place. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. We were ready to unleash more content, written content for you guys out there. Damn and right. In the next week and months and hopefully years and decades. Yeah. And well, I, I, I won't be alive for that <laughs> long, but uh, you guys can do it. That's fine. Well, well, we'll put your soul on like an iPod and have you run the site from there. Oh, sounds like a uh, rejected Hellraiser sequel. I like this. <laughs> Hellraiser Nine, uh, I horror. 
No? I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. I'm kind of tired. Actually, okay. that sounds I, like I'm the hoping. plot to... Uh, that actually sounds like the plot to Hellraiser Deader, if I remember correctly. I think that's the one that where they go into the computer. Isn't that Maybe? what happens in Lawnmower Man? Or am I thinking of something else? Yes. It's also Lawnmower Man. Okay. Um, let's Why not? watch that in the future, because that's, that's an insane movie. Can we not... <laughs> can, can we not? I mean, I like looking at Pierce Brosnan's face, but I don't want to watch Lawnmower Man. This is a longer than normal intro to the I like episode. this. I don't know what. This is I good. don't know what's happening. This <laughs> is, is <it>? goodly. <laughs> for this is a long intro for an, a podcast that is essentially uh, the 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 main thrust of it is us discussing what we watched in the past week, which it, in and of itself is like the intro to other podcasts. Okay, yes, it's, it's not a bad thing, but like this is like meta at this point. This is the banter before the banter before the main banter of the show. We're a couple uh, little uh, Kevin Williamsons. Look at us go. <laughs> so speaking of things we've watched, why don't we move into the next segment of the show? Uh, Match, Shall we? Which, which is another meta sort of thing because you are going to... Because, I mean, usually on a, on a show, on a, on a regular professional show, they go, here's what we're, we're going to be discussing on this week's episode. Uh-huh. But what we do is we don't tell you flat out what we're discussing. No, okay? fuck that noise. <laughs> we we just we just tease you with Matt's riddles. So Matt, yes, don't tell the people what we're going to be discussing. Instead, tell them riddles as to what we're going to be discussing. Okay, do it now. <laughs> Welcome back to Matt's Riddle Corner, where I give you cryptic clues about what we shall be discussing. This week we will be talking about talking. Uh, about a football game. And then we're going to go out to the desert with Jake Gyllenhaal. And then we're going to talk about a little boy as he grows up through life. And then we're going to hang out with Peter Jackson and vomit a lot. And then we're going to go to a cartoon that's rated R, and it's insane. And then we're going to talk about some martial arts. And then we're going to talk about a lady. She's a maiden, I think. And then we're going to talk about uh, the king of the world, James Cameron. Then we're going to talk about the king of the new world and uh, then we're going to talk about a not killer car and then we're going to be talking about a daft punk movie then we're going to talk about uh, the lonely island and then another pop star and then we're going to talk about Sam Raimi for a little bit just for a little bit okay so that was Matt's riddle a little bit (laughs) Um, and now uh, let's do what, what traditional podcasts do at this point and introduce our guests Matt's Who's our guest for this episode? Uh, this week, uh, we have a film critic. He writes a lot on the Letterboxd, and you may know him from Twitter. Uh, I know him as William. You probably know him as Silent Dawn. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. This is this is fantastic. I'm loving this energy. <laughs> Thank you, William, for being here on this special episode. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, hey, uh, how about this? Um, here's a question. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was fantastic. Got to come home, see family, uh, ate a lot of turkey, went out and saw Doctor Strange last night, which is not one that we are talking about now, but uh, I, I did not enjoy it, but it was good to finally catch up with it. Didn't have a, didn't have a lot of time to see it uh, otherwise, but uh, I, I uh, you know, good, good amount of Thanksgiving, uh, a, lot of, a lot of fun times seeing family, so it's all, it's all good here. All good, nice and quiet. Good day to do a podcast. Yes, a good day to podcast hard. That's that's our <laughs> motto. <laughs> uh, that's definitely a movie that happened once. <laughs> uh, Max, why don't we get to know William further? Uh, ah, you, yes. Why don't you kickstart 
another segment on the show. Ah, yes, the segment called Get to Know Ya, where we get to know our guest and make sure they're not some robot sent from the future. Here we go. It's definitely me. (laughs) (laughs) I ask this of uh, every guest. Uh, What is the first film you remember seeing in a movie theater? Ooh, a movie theater, uh, it had to be Thomas the Tank Engine movie, Mm. which is a very strange, but... uh, I guess, uh, understandable choice considering how young I was. Mm. And I remember being, this is very vivid because I remember being so small that the seat wouldn't sit down all the way because of the springs. So basically I was lodged in between the two, uh, the two parts of the seat. And, uh, I left frequently because I kept crying. I think I was like three or four because of how loud it was. And, but I remember my dad really wanted to bring me because of how much I liked Thomas the Tank Engine at that point in time. It it was not an influential experience uh, in terms of my love of movies, but I remember it as a theatrical kind of event more than anything else. So you're just stuck there, hovering uh, above the seat, basically. But, yeah, it was it was so odd. I th- it's one of those things that you kind of just remember, uh, in spite of like how fleeting the glimpses are. It's you know I don't have a good handle on it but it they're definitely they're definitely my memories not kind of like ones that people will tell you later as <laughs> like that member that one time <laughs> so Remember the it, time it, we saw the train engine movie and you were screaming no don't like, leave me alone like, no I, I i was three i don't remember all of it <laughs> but i had uh i have a lot a lot of glimpses and uh you know it it, it kind of it didn't really jump start anything but it's there and it and it uh it, it continues to stay with me so uh, Marcel, you got a question? No, oh, yeah. How about this? Um, since we just talked about it, uh, William, what is your favorite Thanksgiving movie? My favorite Thanksgiving movie, or That's... Or, or one that you mm. would you know traditionally put on during Thanksgiving? Uh, just interpret the question however you will. Sure. Um, uh, over Thanksgiving, like I always kind of think of Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving break as a time where you can like relax and kind of luxuriate in a lot of different uh, cinematic experiences. And I always go for a lot of long epics. Usually, I uh, usually I put in The Godfather, The Godfather Part Two. They're movies that you can just like you know you can put them on like at three o'clock in the afternoon. Families around, you've seen them a lot. You've seen you know you've seen them all the time. But they uh, they continue to uh, you know they just catch your eye. There's always new things you see in them. They're, you know they're incredible films, and I always like to put on movies that you can kind of just soak up and enjoy. Uh, as you know, as as these uh, long periods of being with family, people are coming in and out. It's not really a time where you can focus on something like new or uh, or something that you haven't seen before. But like kind of old classics, old favorites. You know that. You you can watch them in different ways, and you can get something new out of them each time. So uh, I, I, there's one film that we're going to be talking about today, which kind of fits in that category, I think. So uh, yeah, good long movies, epics, uh, gangster gangster films, you know, kind of movies that that c- capture time in a certain way. So those are the films I like to watch on Thanksgiving and and in the days surrounding it. Uh, what about you, Matt? Freebirds. Oh, okay. Let's move on. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Freebirds is actually a recent uh, Thanksgiving tradition of mine, where I I watch it in the morning instead of um, you know the Thanksgiving Day parade because I hate parades. Parades are stupid. Uh, 
But no, ever since I was a kid, uh, my mother's tradition, uh, after dinner's done and after everyone's left, uh, she sits down and watches uh, the 1947 Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, and that's nice. So usually uh, throughout the years, you know, I would sit down with her and we would watch this movie together. And that's basically my Thanksgiving night uh, tradition uh, that I like to I like to revisit that film. It basically kicks off the holiday season uh, for my family. And uh, it's it's a favorite of mine. I I really like uh, the original the original film and the remake's not that bad either. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I've only seen the remake, I think. Oh, I'm, I might have seen the original. It's hard to say. I need to rewatch the original. The original sure. is terrific. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I saw that on TCM like a decade ago. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very good film. I, yeah. I, I like the original very much, and the remake, I, I, I think I've seen like on TV, but I've never caught the whole caught the whole version of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really good. I mean, and uh, the guy who plays Santa Claus, uh, Edwin... Uh, Edmund Gwen, uh, he is Santa for me. Like when I when someone mentions that character, I think of him from the original Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Uh, he won an Oscar for it, well deserved. And uh, yeah, this movie is it's something special. One one more thing, I'm actually pleased that it's becoming a tradition now. I think did they do this last year where FX is, is like playing all of the Simpsons episodes like during oh, it's, Thanksgiving? It's such a wonderful time. I I. I had finished watching, I think, uh, a movie, I think, on Friday. And I was like, okay, I've watched a lot of movies. I need a break. So I turned on the TV. And boom, uh-huh. The Simpsons. It's I, great. I just watched, like, like six episodes. In a uh-huh. Movie. So much uh, fun. Yeah, I, I woke up this morning, and uh, the episode where Marge gets a gambling problem was on. And oh, uh, yeah. I haven't seen that in so long, except, you know, hey, I still know all the words to it. <laughs> so we'll good. take... We'll take the spruce goose. We'll take the spruce moose. Hop in. <laughs> Classic. So, yeah, I like that tradition. I hope that continues. Um, Matt, I think we've sufficiently gotten to know the guests. Um, we have. Uh, I think the ruling is they're not a robot. No, William, no. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good guy. He passed the, uh, the Voight comp test. William is oh, indeed. I'm glad. I'm glad. And now, uh, William, you've succeeded in that. He tricked uh, us all. <laughs> and now it's time for you to go to the next level uh, where we go into the meat of the podcast, Matt. Yeah, like a sandwich. The like meat a sandwich, part. sure. Uh, where we yeah. discuss what we watched in the last week. So, okay. Matt, um, I, before we start recording, uh, you always like to keep me in the dark with the episode title name. Yes. And I knew you were going for this as the episode title. Because <laughs> you, you I, just, en- I just hope it can fit. <laughs> you enjoy well we'll see. You enjoy putting podcasts into the into the title in which I mean long, longer titles help, right? Yes. Uh, idiosyncratic titles help. So yes, this is because uh, one word one word title of a movie can't really be turned into a podcast because no, then but... every episode would just be called podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you can definitely fit podcast somewhere in Billy Lynn's halftime long time. What, what's it called? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Billy Lynn's long halftime walk. Billy it's, Lynn's uh, long new- halftime walk. Yes. Uh, it's the new film by uh, Ang Lee, and it is superb. Um, I wrote about this on uh, TalkFilmSociety.com. You can uh, head over there to check out my review. Uh, it is one of my favorite films of the year. I love the trip that this took me on. Uh, unfortunately, I was not able to see it in the high frame rate uh, presentation. Uh, my theater only had it in uh, you know standard frame rate. But even then, 
I've never seen a more immediate and direct uh, picture. Um, this is a lot of uh, head-on close-ups of people's faces talking to the camera. Uh, in that respect, it actually reminded me of uh, Silence of the Lambs, how uh, Clarice and Hannibal are always looking directly at the camera uh, when they uh, address each other. Um, yeah, the, the the cinematography in this is key. Uh, I don't think the film would have worked uh, if it wasn't filmed this way. And uh, a lot of credit needs to go, obviously, to Ang Lee for that and for his uh, cameraman, John Toll, who has previously, he won an Oscar for uh, an Ang Lee picture. He won uh, for cinematography for Life of Pi. Uh, Well-deserved uh, for that. Uh, I loved this thing. It's uh, I wish I had seen it in high frame rate, but I'm very happy that I got to see it at all. Uh, the kid who plays Billy Lynn, uh, Joe Alwyn, uh, I think he's going to have a pretty good career going forward because he shows off some real acting talent uh, here. Uh, the entire cast uh, is pretty aces here. Uh, I mean, you have people like Chris Tucker and Steve Martin who are playing completely against type uh, in roles that you normally wouldn't see them. Uh, you see Vin Diesel gives one of his best performances, uh, I said this in my review, since The Iron Giant. So that's something. that's something to look forward to. Uh, Kristen Stewart, she's always great. So, I mean, that's that's nothing there. Uh, really impressed me, though, was Garrett Hedlund. Uh, we'll be talking about him a little more uh, later. He plays uh, Billy Lynn's superior officer, and he brings a really good uh, tough-as-nails-no-nonsense attitude uh, to his role as the superior officer. Uh, this is a film that it, it tackles uh, the subject of PTSD in a way that I haven't seen tackled before. Uh, it really gets down to the heart of how these soldiers deal uh, with the aftermath of such a visceral and brutal battle uh, over in, in Iraq. And it's it's an emotional journey. It's, it's, it's one of the better Ang Lee films that I've seen. Uh, I know there's still some that I do need to see. Um, but right now it's up there. And uh, it is one of my favorite uh, films of the year. It, it's, it's one of those movies where Ang Lee has been pushing technology forward uh, in quieter ways uh, than, say, um, a James Cameron. Uh, he pushed the boundaries of what cinema could be with uh, Life of Pi, with those visuals, and uh, he does it again here. And he is one of the best filmmakers of his generation, and it just sucks that not enough people are going to get to see this, obviously in the way it was intended to be seen, but see this at all, because the Sony kind of botched the release on this one. It, it didn't go to as many screens, and it's not making the money that it should be making. Uh, I know you were supposed to see this, Marcelo, but you didn't get a chance. Um, no. Uh, I That morning I was going to go see it, I actually stayed home and edited a, a post for the website, so... Fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll let it yeah. slide. Thank you, man. Yeah, you know. But I, yeah, I, I mean, going back to when it like debuted for like critics and people in Hollywood uh, under the banner, like the first film uh, shot on 120 frames per second uh, in 3D. You know, the re the, re the response 4K. to that, <laughs> the response to that wasn't particularly positive. You know, so yeah. I think that's why Sony backed off of the 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 high frame rate screen. That's because these that's because these 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 critic people they they don't like change. I guess you, not. I don't know if you've noticed that the, they don't really like change. 
and 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 from what I've heard from, um, I think uh, Rob Trench saw it in Canada. Yes, uh, in high frame rate. Yeah, um, there are some people. I I still don't know whether my local draft house was or still is playing it in in high frame rate two D. But I, I don't know. Uh, I, I want a list of, of of theaters that are showing it in high frame rates. You know, re- regardless if it's in two D or not. Mm-hmm. Because I would like to see this in 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 that uh, in that format. Because yeah, I've heard yeah. from Rob Trent and other people that that actually high, that that high frame rate uh, format actually helps with the movie. Yeah, it's actually an interesting experience. So yeah, it's a shame. And like I said, I mean, in even in standard frame rate, I I really was blown away by this thing. Yeah, I, I still might head out to see it. Uh, they, they've cut down on the screenings here in yeah. town to like one a day. So Ugh. and and hopefully those who are listening to this in other cities, uh, if you take Matt's advice, I hope they're still playing Billy Lynn somewhere near you. Uh, so do I. It's uh, it's a shame. Uh, William, have have you had a chance to see this? I haven't. Uh, it was very interesting because I uh, I figured it was um, this was going to be a film that they were going to be showing at select venues in the 120 frames, mm-hmm. and and I went out uh, to a local theater and I saw it was just playing in 2D in 24 frames per second and I was really intrigued because I knew that the re- the critical reception was not great and I knew that. Uh, Sony was wasn't really sure how to handle uh, the release of this thing, but the fact that they just put it out so kind of haphazardly is very strange, um, and it kind of just makes me all the more eager to see it because Ang Lee has always been someone who's pioneered in technology, but he's also someone who makes very uh, particular movies um, about particular subjects. He never really likes to repeat himself. He always likes to go and try new things, do a new story, and uh, so the fact is that I'm really eager to see it, and it is only playing one a day at my uh, local theater. So the fact is, is I'm going to have to probably get up out of bed at like eight o'clock and go out and see it. But I think it's going to be worth oh. it because I'm a, I'm a oh, big it'll be fan worth of it. A, I'm a big fan of Ang Lee, and you know, so hearing that talk about it is is really cool. I mean, Life of Pi was a very big 3D experience. Uh, I mean, I think for everyone, I think everyone was blown away by the the look of that movie. And uh, and and Brokeback Mountain's one of my favorites, so uh, you know I, I I'm always I'm always eager to see what he has next. And of course, I'd like to see it in 120 frames, but the that's really not an option from where I'm from. So it's kind of kind of just hoping to see uh, to see what Ang Lee brings, not in terms of technology itself, but but the story and and every other aspect of it. Yeah, so, uh, so hopefully people out there will get to see it. Uh, I mean, in two D. I mean, Matt, you, you like just to reiterate, it's still worth it in two D. Um, it's still very much worth it. Yeah, and I'm sure you'll be picking up the 4K uh, disc of it, right? Of course, I will. On your, I've, on your I cannot new wait. <laughs> I I have it pre-ordered on Amazon already. So nice. Yeah, that's wow. going to happen. I cannot wait to get that disc in my hands. This is a slight tangent, but I don't know this for sure, Matt. Like, yeah, can you do can you do high frame rate? Can you replicate that on on TVs? Because with I, if your TV has a uh, high refresh rate, then yes. So can yours? Uh, I believe my TV has a refresh rate of sixty megahertz, and then it has a simulated refresh rate of one hundred and twenty. So I should be able to somewhat yeah uh, attempt it. You can get there. Sixty is probably enough. Um, yeah. 
Because let me tell you, some movies I've been watching on this TV, uh, they look insane. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, to, to actually be able to watch something that's filmed that way, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> it's it's going to look good. Yeah, we're going to need a follow-up review when you see that. Uh, oh, you'll get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So that was Billy Lynn's long time halftime walk. Is that right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Billy Lynn's long halftime walk. Uh, it's it's a weird title, but I'm sure it's a good movie. Moving on to another film. Oh, the, bo- the, the book is good, too. But yeah, moving on. <laughs> is I'm the, reading is... it right now. It's amazing. Okay, okay, good, good. Um, speaking of books and movies, Ooh. Uh, Nocturnal Animals. Uh, I hate that you saw this. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Uh, Me too. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> I uh, I'll talk on it just a bit. I don't want to ruin things because it's it's okay. it, it's uh it's a twisty turvy type of movie. Um, uh, do you know? Because okay, I went into it thinking it was one thing and it turned out to be another thing. I don't know. Well, Matt, I'll tell you what you. I I'll tell you what yeah, I know yeah. about it. T- tell me what you know about it. I know that it stars Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's directed by Tom Ford. And, that, and I've seen a and I've seen a trailer for it. That's everything that's all I you know. know. Okay, and that's all I need to know. Yeah, so I'm just going to stick to what you saw in the trailer. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> what happens in the movie, like the the general plots and how it unravels, like I did not expect it to be that. So I won't I won't ruin that for you. I'll just say Amy Adams is amazing as always. Well, yeah, uh, it's what she does. <laughs> playing this uh, this artist who kind of is just sick of this, you know, uh, highfalutin artist life. Uh, her husband is Army Hammer, and he's a dick. Um, and oh man! <laughs> and, wait, uh, he's in, wait, he's in this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh. And so she uh, she gets into contact with her ex, uh, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And through a series of flashbacks and and, and other plot twists, uh, you get to see their past relationship and how it affects her in the present. And that's all I'll say. There's there's a mix of like Cormac McCarthy in this. Uh, what okay. else? Oh gosh, there's a bit of horror in this, which was surprising. Okay. And yeah. Um, oh boy, uh, it's something else. Michael Shannon is. Uh-huh. I want him to be. Oscar in everything nominated and, and, and in everything I love seeing him in Loving last week and in Nocturnal okay. Animals this week he should, make okay. a, he should just make an appearance in every film from here on I'm out I'm fine with this yeah. um, but him he, he's playing like a like a sheriff who okay. is uh, very uh, very peculiar uh, nice. in, his, in his mannerisms as as is one's uh, as, as, as is a Michael Shannon performance so. As is his want. As is his want. <laughs> um, Aaron Taylor Johnson plays a, a dirtbag. The cast is amazing. Uh, I uh, I hear he's really good. He is good. He he's he's good at playing a dirtbag. I've 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 seen that in him. Uh, Anna Karenina. He was playing a dirtbag. I did not like him. In oh, that. I actually really liked uh, that film. I mean, I like the film, but uh, I don't, the, I don't, the production I, design in that was uh, crazy. I loved how it was a stage play, but not. It's a beautiful movie. I just it's think, real good. I just think, as Eric, the kids say, it's real good, fam. <laughs> but I can't, I can't, <laughs> but I can't help to think how much of a dick Aaron Taylor Johnson is in that movie. Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the character. Yeah, it's the character. But, uh, but I mean, he's he. I think he's born to play a dick, and he he definitely plays one here. And I actually have read a review or two where it says that this is his best role. 
I like th- his best performance. I think so. That's, that's probably good. Yeah. Because what else has he really been in that he's like shined like, um, a lot? Uh, eh. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to think. Kick eh, ass? No. Not really. You know, like, you know. Meh. Yeah, you're not yeah. a fan of that movie. Meh. Uh, it's, it's, it's a movie. Uh, Laura Linney. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like Nicolas Cage in it. Other than that, I don't know. Laura Linney, Michael Sheen, Isla Fisher. Um, what? Some of these. What is this cast? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Some of these. I mean, don't don't put your heart into like them being in it for a long time, Matt. They're, they're I'm fine like, with that. They're, they're kind of glorified cameos, but still, that's cool. It's cool. Um, and then I'll leave Please, it at that. I'll I'll just say that uh, I've been looking forward to this since I uh, first saw a single man a few years ago, and it quickly jumped into uh, one of my favorite films of all time. And I will see anything and everything that Tom Ford does from this point forward. That 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 is good. Uh, yeah, you're you're coming at this at, at a good spot, Matt, because it's I I I I don't know if I should say this, but uh, I don't think it's as good as a single man. But I think well, very few things on yeah, Earth very are. few things are. But it's still, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's still a valiant it's a valiant effort. Um, That's science, Marcelo. Science. <laughs> uh, it's one, very hard to top perfection. One last thing before I shut up. Uh, this film, I think it'll make my top ten. Um, Ooh, and I I tend to pick. For my top ten, like movies that really affected me more than like, you know, quote unquote perfect, you know, great yeah, right. movies. Yeah, this which one, is fair to do. That's, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. good thing to do. I mean, each top ten should be unique to its writer. Uh, yeah, there are no rules. Yeah, there are no rules. Top ten. Yeah. Because I th- this movie particularly hit me in places I didn't expect to be hit with this. Ah, uh, yes, you mentioned this. Yeah, I mentioned yeah. this over, over. I think, a direct message. I don't think I tweeted it out, but I'll say it here. Um, the flashbacks regarding uh, Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal, their relationship, their, their, the, 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 the disintegration of their relationship, very much you know, similar to my relationship. I just went, you know, the end of my relationship from this past year. So mm. it's kind of scary that Tom Ford had that access to my life and, and wrote this movie. Uh, you, didn't notice, you didn't notice that highly attractive man sitting in the bushes <laughs> with, a, with a tape recorder? How could you miss him? I saw him, but I, I, I thought nothing of it. I was like, hey. That, you, just, you looked out the window. You're like, oh, hey, that's Tom Ford. Wait a second. <laughs> anyway. Nah, back, it's fine. Back to my screaming match. Uh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Nocturnal Animals, one to see. Uh, William, let me ask you. I mean, you haven't seen this yet, but uh, no, sing- I haven't. You haven't, but a single man. Uh, I mean, Matt just said one of the best ever, right, Matt? That's one of the best things I've ever seen uh, on this planet. <laughs> uh, have you seen a, a single man, William? I have. Uh, I think it's a beautiful movie. Um, it, it, it's kind of one of those that uh, really sneaks up on you. Uh, it. I, I can't really. I can't really articulate my thoughts on it other than I was a very much a wreck by the end of it and I didn't really know why uh, you, you know it's, it's so to see uh, someone uh, who made a film that's so so delicate go into like this Nocturnal Animals looks like really uh, kind of like a Texas noir really filthy kind of kind of crazy uh, atmosphere to it to see that shift I think is really interesting and I'm always down for a movie that that takes like really attractive people and makes them do horrible things to each other. I, I'm yes, always please. up for a movie like that. So um, I I'm pretty much sold. Uh, I think the trailer really the trailer sold me. Uh, I, I love the look of it. I think the like you said the cast is very kind of odd and varied, but I think it looks like they're very uh, 
like very uh, chosen, you know, very particular way for their roles, and 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 I will look forward to seeing it whenever it whenever it comes my way. Oh yeah, I I uh, I, I could not recommend it more. It's it's something to see. And I'll, I'll reemphasize one more thing: Michael Shannon, please. Uh, give him all the awards in everything, all the time, <laughs> everything, always. Yes. always yes. He's in. He's in everything now. It's it's pretty amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that was Nocturnal Animals. Um, let's move on. Uh, Matt. Ooh, okay. I am. I'm up with uh, a film that's kind of obvious this year, um, and it's one that people are going to be hearing a lot about, and they've probably heard a lot about, and they've probably already seen it multiple times, or at least you should have. Um, but uh, it's called Moonlight, uh, Barry Jenkins' uh, sophomore feature about a young boy named Chiron and his uh, coming to terms with his sexuality in a low-class Miami neighborhood. Um, it's, it's, it's so special. Uh, I can't really uh, describe it uh, anything more than just a, a, just a, gentle, uh, a gentle, empathetic connection uh, with other people, with, with, a, with a certain kind of uh, environment and and it's it's a coming of age story in its simplest terms but it's also a movie that focuses on sensory sensory uh sensory images uh sounds uh it really loves to involve itself in its mood and uh how the characters interact uh it, it's a beautiful movie uh i i think i think it's more prone to discussion than uh basically description because it's a movie that you sit down and it just hits you like a freight train uh, it's very delicate, very very tender. Uh, the three-act structure, which you have three completely different actors playing one singular role and somehow making it come together seamlessly uh, is is just incredible. And in, and in a way, it makes the entire film feel uh, like an epic in spite of how uh, it, the runtime flew by for me, probably about, I think it's two hours, felt much less than that. Uh, I, I, I was engrossed in it from start to finish. Uh, probably, I have it as my second favorite of the year as of now. Uh, I th- the only thing that's topping it is uh, OJ Made in America, and I, I damn think it's, right, I, I think it's honestly uh, in, in terms of independent cinema this year. I don't think you're going to see anything better. I mean, I still have a lot to see, but uh, I, I think you can mark my word on it. It's it's really incredible. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. I, I, did, did I talk about this last week, Matt? I yes, forgot. yes, yeah, it was last yes. week. Yeah, um, and I still haven't seen it. Oh, Matt, oh my gosh! You, it's not playing near me. You must. Oh my gosh! But the yeah, closest I, theater is about forty minutes away. Uh, <sighs> I'll say that uh, it's going to be uh, a disaster at the end of the year when I try to come up with a top ten um, <laughs> because th- this is hovering around that. That that you know the the top spots. I don't know where I'm going to put it, but it has not left my mind since I saw it. Um, there's so much that works: the performances, the cinematography, the story hits me. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty much echoing everything I said last week. It's uh, it's it's amazing if it, if it's out there playing. I hope it's expanding. Um, I'm not sure. I, I believe it is. Yeah. 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 Well, it's it's getting around, you know. It's it, it. This is kind of a movie that you have to fo- uh, that companies have to be careful about because if they bring it out too quickly, there's a risk of just not getting that kind of hype and expanding it the way that they want it to. But I think they're doing it right. Uh, I think by probably mid December, it's going to be mostly everywhere, and people will be able to get a chance to see it. 
Good, yeah, yeah. because my coworker won't shut up about this thing. <laughs> I, I can't shut up. I, I cannot stop talking about it. I, I recommend it to everyone. You know, it's one of those movies that, like, no matter what they think of it, I, I really don't think you anyone wouldn't like it at the very least. But yeah, it's good. It's I like to hear the reactions to it because you know you're living through them. You're experiencing what what happens on the screen through them. Uh, you know, it's it's not. And, but that's different than like going to a movie with like a twist and you want to hear how they react to it. This is just, you know, it's a movie that just hits everyone in a little different way, but it's all universal. So it's, it's quite, quite amazing. Yeah. yeah, We'll put, um, so yeah, I hope it reaches you, Matt, or at least a good driving distance from you, Matt. Yes, I would hope so. (laughs) Or at least make that drive. Why why not make that drive? 45 minutes. I would, I would make the drive for it. I would recommend making the drive. We but, shall you see. Know, I mean, that's <laughs> there. Are, there, are, there are other it, movies that I need to see now, like you know, Nocturnal Animals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, I also want to see Allied. So I mean, oh, there's, there's right. movies that I need to Zemeckis. see. Zemeckis. I'm ready for that one. I'm really. You know what? I, really I, I see it. I, I didn't put it on my list for I don't know why, uh, but I, I did see Allied, and I wrote a yeah, review. Yeah, tell us about that real quick. Real quick. I wrote, yeah. a review, I wrote, wrote a review on it for talkfromsociety.com. Go there now. Uh, r- r- read along as I, as I talk to you about it. How about that? I love that we can plug a website now. <laughs> this, is, this is wonderful. <laughs> I, I, I tried to um, really put down, you know, uh, in words why I love it. It's... Uh, me as a lover of the spy genre, I think it it works well in in kind of putting that. It, we we've seen it some you know a few times do this the the genre where it goes into relationships uh, into mm-hmm. marriage, but I don't think spy genres have really dealt with like love and sex and deception like as well as Allied. Um, okay, I, I think that is where it, it, it excels. Like for the most part, it's kind of like standard, but yeah. the the Type of like the the the, the sensuality, the, the sexuality that that resonates between these two, between Brad Pitt and and Cotillard. it's 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 really good, guys. Like I, I was like, oh, this is kind of th- this is kind of good. This is hot and heavy. I, th- I think you said something interesting. You were like, every great director should re- director should make a spy film. Oh yeah, I I mean I'm happy that Zemeckis got around to making one. Like, he hasn't made one. Before, yes, right? no. Um. No. No. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, he's another guy that doesn't really repeat himself. No. Uh, and and it's good that he's dipping his uh, dipping his toes in genres from film to film. Um, I'm so happy. This is a rated R like World War II spy genre, and, and earns that R you know title that that rating. Um, yes, please. In the first act, they kind of do a kind of like a oh we're gonna kill this high ranking Nazi official, and that little uh, sec uh, that little sequence. Bloody as all hell. <laughs> nice. Um, the sex scenes are realistic. I mean, it, it works. I think it's effective. I think it's it's not like a it's not like a like a four star movie like four to four, but it it, it it's close though. It, I think a lot of it okay. still works. Uh, again, nice. I'll say as a spy movie, I think it, it definitely is worthy of that title of like a worthy spy genre film. So. If, if you're a fan like I am, I think you'll enjoy it, you know. Uh, but uh, otherwise, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's still pretty good. I liked it. I liked it. I'm nice. excited to see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure, Matt, I mean, you're a fan of Zemeckis. I think you're more of a fan of him than I am. He, he, I, I freaking love that guy. I think I think you appreciate this a lot more. Very rarely have I uh, not liked a Zemeckis film. Yeah. Uh, looking at you, Beowulf. Yeah. <laughs> 
that is a movie. I saw that. Looking at you, Polar Express, which I haven't even seen, but it looks terrifying. Oh, that 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 one I like. I like that one, and I I know it's it's creepy and it's odd and it's kind of at that uh-huh. point of motion capture where it's not really a hundred percent. Well, it's still not convincing, but it yeah. has that like odd like sheen to it. But it warms my heart, and there's a great hot cocoa scene, and it, it works. Oh, okay, for the maybe season, maybe I'll watch it for a good hot cocoa scene. <laughs> yeah, it has a, it has a good hot cocoa scene. I, I will <laughs> th- that I can promise you. <laughs> um, uh, how to transition to the next film? Because um, I, I had a good transition point when you were talking about bad Zemeckis films, Matts. Like, I'm so sorry. Uh, Beowulf, Beowulf is bad. Speaking of bad, bad taste. Um, <laughs> oh boy, Peter Jackson, um, tell me okay. about it. Um, I'm not going to get too much into it, and here's why. Because I've never seen this movie. Here's why. Um, I saw this uh, at where, Matt? The Alamo Draft House, where yes. dreams are made. <laughs> <laughs> so this this was a special screening. Um, they they do Terror Tuesdays, where every Tuesday they play a horror movie, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like five bucks. And each of those films are in 35 millimeters, so it's always a treat. Uh, sometimes they're rare sometimes they're well known like uh, I can't think of like a super rare one off the top of my head but they did they they played Scream there like two weeks ago so it it, it runs the gamut of horror movies so this was advertised as a secret screening like just buy the ticket show up and 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 you didn't know what you were seeing it was just like hey check this out I had no idea that sounds Uh, fun that's cool uh, I, I I saw Allied that night. Then I okay. You know, then I just rushed downtown to see this. So oh, I remember that you were like, "Hey, I just saw Allied. Now I'm going to some secret thing." <laughs> so the the the, uh, the guy who was presenting this, he was like, "Okay, so this 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 film, like there, are, this is the only uh, real. This is the only like uh, piece of film of this that exists in the U.S." Okay, oh, Jesus, it's been like ripped off the shelves. They're doing like a a remaster of it that Peter Jackson is is authorizing, and that's been going. Oh, for, they are. Yeah, apparently I, they, they've been working on it for the past like ten years, but they haven't made. That's fine. They haven't made much well, progress. Got, well, he got distracted by you know those that the, that trilogy, that terrible trilogy. Um. So yeah, and he was like, "We don't know what version of this we have. It could be a work <laughs> prints. It, it could be like a the director's cut. We don't know. We're just showing it. You know, we have it. It could be a gag reel. We don't know. That's awesome. <laughs> and he also said, "Please do not talk about this over social media. We don't want any higher ups to know we're doing this because <laughs> this could be illegal." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they really do make dreams at the yeah. draft house. So people listening, do not spread this around. I've, I've talked about this on another yeah, okay. podcast, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, two's two's fine. Just don't just don't mention it on three podcasts. <laughs> then that's crossing the line. So yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not tweeting next about week it. on Colorado Street. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I it was a treat seeing bad taste and Matt. I mean, you, you uh, have you seen Meet the Feebles? Oh my God! Yes, of okay, course I have. Okay. So you have to see Bad Taste. Yeah, it, that's what I've been told. It is seeing this at a theater, like the Draft House, that serves food um, <laughs> with people who just some of them. I'm sure this is the first time seeing it, uh, and, and 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 the other people there are of course fans of, of this. Like the, the Terror Tuesday crowd, 
they're like you know horror film lovers. They know, they know what's up. Yeah, and but you know some people might be new to this, and and some people I I, I want I wanted to like put cameras on these people because holy crap, <laughs> a GoPro a in everyone's face. There's a sequence. There's an extended sequence involving vomit that I had trouble watching. <laughs> Uh, Ew. Yeah. It's disturbing. So but you're saying I'll love it. <laughs> it's a it's a perfect debut from Peter Jackson. Uh there's blood and guts, there's great uh uh like uh, uh blood and guts work. There's there's the plot is okay. I mean it's a it's a it's a New Zealand zombie movie. Um and it's weird. It's super weird. But the effects the, the 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 general creature design it's amazing so yeah uh, bad taste I hope that the remastered edition comes out eventually um, and the the uh, the the guy who presented it said he does not even sure if the remastered edition is going to be the complete version that we saw oh Jesus yeah I, so I don't know I, I maybe it was a special thing where we saw this and this version will never be seen again so hopefully that's not the case hopefully the version I saw which is pretty damn blade disgusting I hope that's the version that eventually comes out and everybody can see it so just give me a remaster of Meet the Feebles and I'll be happy <laughs> maybe maybe hey maybe Criterion is working on that right now uh, <laughs> uh, honestly I would rather Scream Factory get their hands on yeah, that thing that would be perfect so yeah uh, bad taste um, I yeah it was an experience. Holy crap. So I believe it. Vomits. So um, much puke. So much puke. Okay. Um, so speaking... So uh, what, what's a good transition? Um, uh, speaking of crazy shit. Speaking of crazy <laughs> shits, uh, Akira. Oh my god, yes. Um, I recently rewatched, uh, like I do every once in a while, uh, Katsuhiro Otomo's 1988 film Akira, which is my go-to response when anyone I know asks, do you like anime? Uh, yeah, I tell them, yeah, I like Akira, and that's about it. It begins and ends with the letter A, <laughs> just like the word Akira. And yeah, this movie's crazy. Uh, I know you haven't seen it, Marcelo. Not um, yet, not yet. But it is one of the best science fiction pictures I've ever had the chance to see. Uh, I have owned this on numerous versions of uh, media. I owned a VHS that I kind of stole from someone in high school, maybe. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I had that VHS, and then I had a DVD that came out, and then about ten years later, I bought the Blu-ray that was released, uh, which I hated the Blu-ray because it had a new dub uh, done done by new actors, and everyone sounded different, and it was not the Akira that I grew up with. So, lo and behold, two years later, they released it again on Blu-ray, featuring that 1988 English dub, uh, which is the only way I will watch this film. Uh, I just I just can't do without those voices. I mean, it's it's you have the little guy; he sounds like a little baby Marlon Brando. He's he's kind of weird, uh, but yeah, no, this movie is. It's it's I'll just say it. It's fucking awesome. Uh, the visuals in it are still groundbreaking. Um, this is just one of those movies that uh, when I want to watch an animated movie, you know, that's not a musical, and I want a lot of blood and guts as well. I'll throw on Akira because it's my favorite. I love this thing. It's it's one of those special movies that introduced me to a whole new medium and made me realize that animation can get a hard R rating and earn it. And and let me tell you, Akira earns it. Uh, 
and hey, props to Automo for adapting his own uh, his own book into a film that has stood the test of time. Uh, Marcelo, I really need you to see this. I will. It, it, it's on my list of um, blind spots. Of it's on my shameless list. Which... It's it's so amazing. William, have you seen Akira? I have seen Akira. Uh, I love I love Akira. Uh, I think I saw it when I was maybe. 11 or 12 and I keep returning to it as kind of like a movie I see every couple years and I always make sure that I have the newest version of whether it's on DVD or Blu-ray and I crank up the sound because the Mm -hmm. sound is my favorite part of it Uh, I think it's probably in my top 5 Blu-rays like if someone wants to hear how my sound system works I put that in because the raging motorcycles the the crazy techno score the the um oh the like score the rising, is insane to this yeah the, like kind of like the rising operatics of of the drama it it's all sold through the sound i think uh the, i mean the visuals of course are are uh incredible and and just like jaw-dropping but the sound really completes the package and i always uh i always enjoy returning to it and losing a little bit of my hearing each time <laughs> damn right okay yeah yeah you guys convinced me you have to see this i'll i'll probably buy the new blu-ray bruh the, the, blue, great. the blu-ray is really great it gives you every option for language if you i prefer the subtitles but i know there's a lot of people that prefer the dub and you know yeah, I, I can only watch wanna, i can only yeah. watch the 88 english dub right i mean so many people have grown up with that it's it's and and i've listened to it and i i have no issues with it it usually dubs are not my thing but that one i i can i can get into it i can they get did into a good job movie. yeah for sure all right there we go um, and, and Matt, you you program this list uh, we're discussing this week. Uh, the, we're on our Asian detour, so yes, let's, yeah. Let's continue on with Touch of Zen. Uh, William, uh, you saw this, right? I did. Yeah, I went out a few weeks ago to the Criterion Barnes and Noble sale. You know, the most wonderful time of the year. Yay! Uh, you know, well, t- twice a year with in July and November. Yeah. But I picked this out because. I've heard nothing but outstanding things, and it was the one blind buy of the sale that I really wanted to see, and uh, kind of going in terms of Thanksgiving movies, movies that you watch kind of to luxuriate in and and uh, focus on and, and kind of just let it all like kind of flow past you. This movie is two hours and 59 minutes. Uh, you don't feel a second of it. Uh, it it's a martial arts epic but it's also kind of uh in the vein of a leone western and it also has very uh kind of like an eerie uh horror feel to it with a lot of haunted folk tales and uh and uh like sudden glimpses of of strange of strange uh, figures in the darkness it has a lot of just interesting traits to it and it is all combined with this editing of intercutting of jump cuts of these beautiful uh, shots of forests and and trees and paths, and it is really one of the greatest uh, films I've seen in a long time. I, I cannot recommend it enough. It's it the new Criterion Blu-ray makes it look pristine, absolutely wonderful, and it the action in it once it starts, it really doesn't let up. It's it, it hits it, you right in the face. It's acrobatic. It's quick. You you never really know exactly what's going on, but at the same time, you feel the force of it. And uh, you, by the end, you're just kind of you're kind of just slack jawed. You, you really can't, really cannot uh, think of a better like martial arts movie after you see it. it it's it's beautiful. 
That's Wuxia, baby. <laughs> For sure. Good, yeah. I This is one that I've heard. Um, you, Matt, you, you talked about it, I think, a few weeks yeah. ago. And so uh, I think, somewhat, yes, yes. Yeah, I think another guest yeah. also talked about it. And also I've heard a lot of things on Twitter about it. So I have to see Touch of Zen. That's one I have to see. Speaking of... A movie so good it killed Skype. <laughs> nobody, knows yes. that, nobody knows that that happened, Matt, so shut up. <laughs> sure, Jan. Um, the Handmaiden. Let me just... Ooh. Real quickly, I'll go... I'll, I'll talk about Handmaiden. Um, directed by Park Chan-wook. Uh, yes. I mean, you have to love the guy. I mean, come on. Matt, you love Stoker, right? Yes, I adore that film. Yeah, and great movie. And old boy, have you seen old boy Matt? No, I've only seen Stoker from him. Okay, yeah. You've never seen old boy? No, oh. and I don't. And, and I'm going into that movie spoiler free. I know nothing. Good, good. That, that's that's the way to go. All that's I know about old boy is guy gets locked in a room for like I don't know twenty years, and there's like a hammer. That's all I know. <laughs> that's good. I mean, you're in a perfect spot. Um, speaking of not spoiling things, I don't want to get too. And Josh Brolin's in it. No. <laughs> Directed by Spike Lee. <laughs> I don't think so. You know what? Anyway, Handmaiden, what up? Call, call me crazy, but the but I, I would recommend seeing Spike Lee's old boy just to admire the craziness of uh, Chateau Copley in that movie. Okay. It's, he, his performance in that is odd <laughs> to the extreme. I cannot I, – I, I could not pin it down. I love that man that it, because he comes at roles in ways you wouldn't expect – I think mm-hmm. I'm sorry. This is a, a quick tangent, and I'll I'll, 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 I'll I'll get into it more into my Chateau Copley podcast. But um, I can't remember what production he was fired off of because he he was playing an alien in this production, and he wanted to wear like fake ears and fake and a fake nose. And the director's like, "You're not doing that, Chateau Copley." Then he goes, "Fine." So you know they fired him. But man, <laughs> that guy is insane. Anyway, he's the ha- wild. The Handmaiden. Okay, um, I went into this kind of blind. I'd seen the trailer once. And, it, I, and I've heard just, you know, people saying it, it's it's a f- fantastic film, like from Fantastic Fest. And from recently where it, it, it's still out in theaters, people were saying, hey, go see this. And I was like, okay, fine, fine, I'll finally see it. Fine, yeah. I'll watch it. Jesus. <laughs> it has my favorite script of this year. Oh. Um, it, Interesting. The, the twists and turns throughout, I was kind of on the floor by the end. I was like, oh. Huh. I see. Um, uh, and, yeah, that's as much as I want to say. <laughs> Is that okay? Okay. Because, man. That, that, I think that's fine. I When it comes to uh, his film, his filmography, I always want to know as little as possible. I haven't even seen a trailer for this. Uh, Neither have I. All I, know is, all I know is that I've – all I know is kind of Twitter reactions of people just being, like, just blown away by the risks it takes, apparently. And I – I'm always in love with movies that go far and uh, and try to you know provoke its audience. So I, I am completely down for whenever it comes near me, uh, if it ever does. I don't know. I'll probably have to wait for uh, video on demand or Prime or you know wherever it comes eventually. But I'm excited. Yeah, um, and please see this. Uh, I know Matt. We had a small conversation off mic. I mean, please see. Yes, this. you you weren't as enthused as someone would be. Fine. Someone should be. Please. Please do. Fine. I also say I also say this movie is gorgeous. Um, it's it, it takes place in in Jap- Japanese occupied Korea, like around I think World War Two or before World War Two. I don't know. I don't think it really specifies, but it it, it it's a gorgeous looking movie. Um, the way 
Park One Park Chan Wook moves his camera. He uses like wide angled frames. It's it's gorgeous. So yeah, um, and I'm telling you, I'm I'm saying it again. Best scripts of this year for me, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who's next, Matt? It me. What you see? <laughs> I watched James Cameron's <laughs> Aliens, uh, which I mean, Rock I think on. I've talked. I've talked about this on the show before. Uh, it's one of the best sequels ever made. It's one of my favorite sequels. Uh, it's a sequel to my favorite film of all time, and it's one of those sequels that enhances the original. It uh, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to really say about Aliens. Uh, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's uh, Aliens. Come on, of course. It's it's, it's got Paul Reiser being a dick, and <laughs> that's that's worth the price of admission alone. Uh, I mean, who doesn't love that? Come on. I hate Carter Burke so much. <laughs> and he gets his just desserts. Damn right he does. <laughs> um, moving right along. I mean, what else can but you yeah, say I mean, aliens? But, but real quick, I mean, Aliens is a movie that, you know, uh, back when I was a kid, you know, kids had imaginations. We would, uh, instead of playing, you know, cops and robbers, we would play aliens uh, in mm. the backyard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I always wanted to be Hudson. I always thought that was a fun character to be, you know, when I was a kid. Um yeah, it was fun. And uh, it was fun, you know, devising, you know, little ways like, oh, what happened to H- Hudson after he got pulled through the floor and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, he obviously got eaten. <laughs> but uh, how did he get eaten? Um, the aliens obviously ripped his heart out because that was, that was my image in, in my head as a child. And that's what it will always be. <laughs> Bill Paxton got his heart ripped out by an alien. Uh, and it was gory and awesome. <laughs> uh, I want you to write that fan fiction, Matt. I already did, in in my head. But yeah, aliens. It's it's great. It is. It's super great. Um, speaking of great films, that's a great segue. Always, always is it? Good. Yeah, it is. I, think it's the best. I know it is. That's a pretty good segue. The new world. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Uh, I I picked the new world because uh, it, of course it is another uh, film that I picked up from the Criterion sale. I've been watching a lot of those recently, uh, and. I also picked it because I think it's the perfect synthesis of Malick's early and uh, older, and kind of more recent style. Agreed. Uh, it's a great uh, kind of in-between film from something like uh, Days of Heaven and The Thin Red Line into something more like The Tree of Life and To the Wonder. Uh, if, if you, for those who don't know that what the new world is, and I, I assume that most of you out there listening do, uh, it's basically the tale of Pocahontas and John Smith told through Malick's and Lubetsky's. Uh, I, I feel like I need to credit Lubetsky whenever I talk about recent Malick because Almost definitely. it is so integral to the experience. Um, it is, uh, it's basically told through Malick's and Lubetsky's eye. Uh, the, the, the vast uh, forests and focuses on la- landscapes of water and uh, birds and insects. It uh, it captures um, the essence of nature uh, at uh, at its kind of untamed level, and then we watch as we see uh, these people become confined by uh, civilization at this time. Uh, it's it's a long movie, kind of going along with the long, luxurious, you know, kind of long epics of that I like to watch during Thanksgiving. It is almost a three-hour film in its restored extended edition there are three cuts of this thing Damn uh they're right. all different they're all different they're all very uh kind of have their own flavor to them but the extended edition is my pre- preferred version 
it's it's beautiful. Um, it's a Malik movie. Uh, I I don't know what else you want. Uh, it's just incredible. Uh, it the fact that it's tied between um, the the Thin Red Line uh, for my favorite Malik is probably only because of the direction that it takes towards the end, which I think is beautiful, but not exactly where I would t- personally take it. But at the same time, it fits the story so well that I can't really. Uh, I can't really like rise it above um, the th- the tree of life and how uh, uniformly perfect I think that thing is. So, but the rest of it is uncommonly beautiful and graceful, and just I it's like nothing you'll ever see uh, unless you watch a new Malik, which yeah. <laughs> of course is an extension of their new world i feel i feel like everything is kind of building off what he made here this feels like kind of like the root of something new and 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 at that kind of by that logic i think it's probably the most pure film that malik has ever made it's it's gorgeous i need to see that criterion i i have it i own it but i haven't sat down and watched it yet um i know matt you own it as well um, it's actually one of the Blu-rays I popped in to test the uh, picture quality for my new television. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it, amazing. It, and yeah, oh, my it, goodness. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to revisit it. Um, don't ask me to rank any Malik's. I don't know where to begin with him because I love everything he's done <laughs> pretty much. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, real quickly, I saw a movie. There's no way to segue yes. into this. There's no way to do it properly. Uh, Christine... Uh, not the car. Ooh. Oh no! Um, <laughs> not a- John Carpenter. <laughs> no, nope. oh, I, I like that movie. This is a different kind of horror story. <laughs> okay. Um, based on a true, uh, on true events, Rebecca Hall plays. Oh, okay. A you re- have my attention. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> she plays a reporter. Um, who? I mean, let's cut to the chase. Uh, a, a reporter who. Uh, commit suicide live on air. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Let me just start. <laughs> let me just start with Rebecca Hall. Like she. This sounds like a happy story. She gives my favorite performance of the year at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm throwing out uh, a lot of that on this episode. Um, which is funny. I've seen a lot of great movies this past week. Yeah, reaching the end. Uh, yeah, reaching the end of the, year. of the year. Not of my life, Matt. I mean, that's not... God, I hope not. Jesus. <laughs> I'm living for a while. Who will edit my podcast? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody will do it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, she... Okay, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a film about a person's depression and how they deal with it. Not too well, I mean, by the end. Clearly. Yeah, oof. But, but, what, but what Rebecca Hall does... Um, finally, I'm, I'm glad she finally has a film that that showcases just how amazing of a performer she is. Like this is this is her movie. This is the starring the the Rebecca Hall vehicle that we've all waited for. Because her 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 take on 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 Christine um, is scary. Uh, it's also uh, partly comedic. She's very antisocial. She like has this dark humor to her. But she's like real. Like Rebecca Hall is this this character, this person, and she's almost unrecognizable. Um, and yeah, it's it's a haunting movie throughout. I mean, th- I mean, uh, Michael C. Hall is in it. Uh, Timothy Simmons is in it. Who's a funny guy? He, he's on Veep. I mean, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of lighthearted at times, but man, does it get 
obviously it gets super dark by the end it gets dark that's oh, what I'm talking about yeah. that's what I like <laughs> but yeah uh, highly worth your time again another indie that's kind of making its way uh, in, into more and more theaters um, and I highly recommend it uh, again Rebecca Hall is incredible in this so yes um, just just know what you're getting into it's I, I, I don't think they advertise it as Oh, I actually haven't seen the trailer, so I don't know how they advertise it. But I'm imagining people who went to go see this, like when I saw it, weren't expecting the end. Yes, they were pretty surprised. <laughs> um, you, you you can go in expecting one thing, kind of like a like you know reporters from the '70s, like trying to make it through uh, the, these hectic times, and then the ending that happens, and they're like, "What? We were not expecting this." <laughs> nice. Anyway, Christine, worth her time. Um, it sounds really good. Uh, I. I think I mentioned this off air, but uh, it it uh, came to a theater near me, but I didn't get a chance to see it. But uh, I Rebecca Hall, I think she's really uh, taking interesting roles. Um, I remember her vividly from The Gift. Uh, yes, yes, which w- amazing which was in that film. Kind of like a movie that went under the radar, but at the same time, I think everyone who saw it was very impressed by um, a lot of aspects about that. But most notably, I thought her performance was really great. So um, I'm looking forward to see how she tackles a lead role. Yeah, it, um, I, I'm glad you brought up The Gift, because me and Matt were praising it when it came out last year. Yes, because uh, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing film. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Oh, that one! That one blew me away. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That that's a terrible turn of phrase. Talking about Christine. More. Ah, oh Jesus! <laughs> Spoilers. I'm sorry, <laughs> Matt. You're gonna say something. I was saying more from uh, Joel Edgerton, please. Yes, as yes. writer and director. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because uh, the gift is great, and uh, that short film he made about a guy who steals his friend's haircut is hilarious, and everyone should see it. <laughs> I have to check this out. It sounds oh, bizarre. it's 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 awesome. It's on YouTube. It's like five minutes long, and it's one of the funniest things I've seen. <laughs> Interesting. Cool. Um, speaking of bizarre things, uh, Tron Legacy. <laughs> yeah, I uh, okay. Yeah, I I rewatched uh, Tron Legacy, and it's it's strange. It's a film I've only seen once before, and that was on opening weekend. Uh, but every few days, like this movie pops into my head. I just think about it. I'm like. That movie was really cool. That movie had a really good production design. God, that's a gorgeous movie. I love the soundtrack. So I decided, you know, hey, I got my new TV, so I threw on Tron Legacy. And, yeah, this is awesome. It's one of the most impressive... Um, it's just impressive that uh, Joseph Kaczynski, like, this is his debut. And his first film is a huge Disney blockbuster. Um it's it's hard to think of another filmmaker who is handed a giant movie like this right out the gate. With this was their first thing that they're gonna do. Uh, I love the cast here. Um, I love Jeff Bridges always, so that's no no big surprise. But I really love Olivia Wilde here. This is back when she was you know no one really knew who she was. Uh, I talked about him before, uh, Garrett Hedlund from Billy Lynn, but I really like him here. Um, Outside of maybe a few screenplay issues and a really weird, you know, CGI bobblehead Jeff yeah, Bridges, yeah, um, I I love this movie. I think it's one of Disney's best sequels. And uh, thinking back on it now, uh, the CGI bobblehead kind of makes sense because he's a computer program. Yeah, so I'll I, let it slide. I guess because watching it this time, I was realizing I'm like, oh yeah, that's not really supposed to be Jeff Bridges. 
that's that's a that's a computer program. So yeah, I'll let it I'll let it slide for this time. Um, I like uh, uh, Michael Sheen in this, basically playing David Bowie uh, in a nightclub that yeah. has da- Daft Punk as DJs, which I love their cameo in this. Uh, but I do want to talk about their score for this. Uh, Daft Punk's score for Tron Legacy is uh, one of my favorite uh, soundtracks. Uh, it's up there with The Social Network uh, for me, uh, for just a score that I can put on at any time and just get a lot out of it. Um, I really... I love this thing. Uh, it's gorgeous. It has some of the best uh, production design I've seen uh, in a film. Uh, I just, I really love it. The action is thrilling. Uh, when that, when that two thirty five widescreen blows up to uh, IMAX levels, uh, it's really something to behold. And when you have that uh, propulsive Daft Punk score uh, just pumping in the background, it really gets your blood going. And I hope. Uh, I mean, Disney recently has said that they are open to, you know, making a sequel to this, and Lord, I hope they do, because I think a Tron trilogy would be something great uh, for them to uh, try to complete, at least. Uh, Don't just leave it where it is. Uh, Do another one, guys. I know that you're disheartened by the failure of Tomorrowland, but I need Tron in my life. Yeah, I... And you you need to give it to me, damn it. (laughs) I, I wouldn't put your hopes up, Matt's. Because I, I think it was on at one point the sequel, then then off. So as as late as August of this year, there have been talks from Disney about bringing back Tron. Well, let, let, let's hope so. And because it's for me, it's it's an odd film. Like I do love the visuals; they're stunning. Um, not even in the in the in the Tron program, right? That's what it's called. It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, um, the Tron. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, the inside. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the grid. Yeah, there you yeah, go. There the you go. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah, um, but you know, uh, in the real world, uh, it's very Fincher-esque for a reason. Because from whatever, it's very pretty uh, during the production, Fincher actually helped with the the making of this movie. That's uh, cool. Yeah, I think they were using the cameras he was using for like the Social Network, and I think it was helping oh, nice. out with that. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, it's one I need to see again. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. It, the, the plot to me is just very weird. Um, it's all over the place, but. Yeah. For a Tron movie, I mean, I grew up watching the original Tron. I still don't understand most of that thing. Uh, that The original Tron is a very tough nut to crack, and it makes sense that the second one would be just as bizarre. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this. I will want a sequel just for more uh, Daft Punk music and also, for them yeah. to, and also for them to explain what the hell Cillian Murphy was doing in the first Tron Legacy. Oh yeah, he was just there for like two seconds. It yeah. was really weird. I'm sure they were setting him up to be the bad guy in the next movie. He, he showed up, and I'm like, I hate that guy. <laughs> I don't trust him. I don't trust Cillian Murphy. I haven't trusted him since Red Eye. I don't like him. <laughs> that guy's a jerk. Uh, hey, William, any thoughts on Tron Legacy? Um, I kind of agree with you, Marcelo, in that it's a very odd beast, and it's one that I think that fits the Tron like kind of mythology and it fits how these movies have been made and you know and and how people respond to them i think um like oblivion which was the director's film after this yes uh, it works as an audiovisual showcase um and really nothing else but i don't think that the ambitions uh really require for it to go beyond that i think there are really good ideas in here and i think that's sufficient enough 
uh, I love watching. I love watching this movie. I love listening to this movie. Uh, it's I missed it in IMAX, and it's one of those things that I'm going to forever regret just because mm-hmm. of the amount of just sensory uh, overload that you get from it. And like Oblivion as well, um, they're movies that that have kind of like little moments where you think they could explore more, but they decide not to. But it really isn't that much of a complaint considering what it's kind of main intention is they're so nice I, to look at <laughs> right it's it's just a good so, like kind of soothing exciting uh blockbuster piece of entertainment uh yeah and i and i think i more and more i just come back for this for daft punk who's you know one of my favorite artists and uh you know those two guys they can do anything and yeah. they really <laughs> kind of captured the essence of what kind of tron would be in this modern age it you know it it feels like a tron movie exactly how it should be it's odd it's got its quirks it's got its issues but i think that's exactly what tron kind of always should be i don't think we're expecting anything uh anything beyond that and i think that for for its audience and for its kind of its cult following that the that the mythology has it's going to continue to uh to to bring out uh more fans and probably and probably more films as we go along lord i hope so yeah yeah Oh, and speaking of Oblivion, I do like Oblivion. Or, I do as well. Or I like as it I for like this... to call it, uh, Moon with Machine Guns. <laughs> and Tom Cruise. <laughs> Damn right. You know what? I don't like Oblivion. I'm sorry. Oh, huh. boo. Yeah, I know. I, I wanted to. I love Tom Cruise in sci-fi movies, but I don't know. I, 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 I couldn't. I, I couldn't feel it. Nope. I got nothing. That's That's a good movie. I'm sorry. Um, I look Matt. forward to whatever Kaczynski does next. Yeah, I, I, I want to see more from him for sure. Uh, Matt, I know you have to go, so I think Soon. To, I think we have to end it there. Unless you want to zip through these last ones, uh, let's just zip through them. Okay, uh, real quick. I saw Popstar twice in the last week. Never stop, never stopping. I uh, uh, I'm tempted to put it in my top ten because <laughs> it's wow. I, I need to see it. I, I have not seen this yet. It's a flourish of. I mean, first and foremost, it's hilarious. It's my favorite movie. Uh-huh. It's my favorite comedy of the year. I picked it up earlier this week. I'm going to watch it. Soon. Good, good. Um, but it's a flourish of colors. I mean, the cinematography is incredible for for a comedy. And huh. yeah, um, it's so rewatchable. It's only like 86 minutes long. So oh, that's great. And they pack so much in. I think uh, on the special features, there are like 40 minutes of deleted scenes. So, <laughs> I mean, they could have stretched it out longer, but they, they, they knew that the joke could be played just, you know, they didn't want to overplay their, their hand with this. So I, th- I think what they have in there is it's excellent. So, yeah, Popstar. Great. Uh, please see it if you haven't. Uh, who's next? And kind of segueing into that, um, hearing about how great the uh, – concert scenes are in pop star that's one of the main things that i've heard is that they really emulate the kind of like the modern uh pop uh, uh idols i guess of uh recent history um we go into an actual pop star in the form of justin timberlake in the netflix doc directed by jonathan deme uh justin timberlake plus the tennessee kids uh i've seen this probably six or seven times at this point it's oh, wow. my third it's my third favorite film of the year uh and you might get like really like kind of just weird looks i do get weird looks when i say this but it's an incredible movie of uh, full of joy and passion for the music and the art that he creates and for the people that he uh allows to perform with him and kind of the sense of community that you get uh each 
song flows perfectly into the next. There's some really, really amazing camera moves with how uh, everything is staged, and it looks kind of like how you would think a Jonathan Demme concert film would look in 2016 versus something like Stop Making Sense, which is a masterpiece in its own right. But uh, what you have here is kind of like a reinvention of that with, with the digital photography and the multiple angles that you can get and how it how they edit it together into like the seamless experience. I, I guarantee you it would be better than being up in the high rows of a, of a concert setting at, you know, in, act, in reality. So seeing it with a great sound system on Netflix, uh, you really can't go wrong. This is a movie you need to see, 100%. Yeah, I need to see this. I've heard nothing but good things. It, it, it's beautiful, and uh, what I really, really enjoy about it is uh, just the energy that it has. It's a movie that you can put on any time and maybe watch a few segments from it or maybe go to a certain part, but the kind of like the overwhelming... Uh, feeling you get after is after you've sat through the entire thing and you kind of feel you really feel the compassion on display so i highly recommend it cool 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 um, i'm very excited for it finally matt on to you sir for uh one of these is a thanksgiving movie so uh, uh i'm sure that's yeah, the sure why yeah <laughs> they have a thanksgiving meal uh, what did you see I watched Sam Raimi's uh, first two Spider-Man movies, and nice. Why can't superhero movies in 2016 be as good as these two? I don't know <laughs> what happened. Know. What the I, hell knows? happened? Who knows? I don't get it. I mean, I don't get it. like I said with uh, you know Nocturnal Animals and Single Man, it's hard to top perfection. Uh, but why can't more movies aspire to be Spider-Man too? Why? I don't get it. It's very upsetting. Yeah, they, it, the it, blueprint is right there. They just don't. It's right it. there. Everything yeah. is there. Uh, more and more, I, it's feeling like lightning in a bottle, something that happened once. It's and crazy. You're not sure that we'll, – I don't think we'll ever get it again, which is very sad. But, I mean, at least we have what we have. And I've, uh, I've, it's, it's I've, so lost count, I've lost count of the amount of times I've seen a, a superhero movie in the last few years where they try to rip off that, that train sequence from Spider-Man uh-huh. 2. Uh-huh. And it's never as good. No, no. no, there, no. There's nothing. There's no emotional thrust to anything that's happening in these other movies. Uh, I care about Spider-Man in Sam Raimi's films, and uh, as I was watching these, I kind of likened these to the first two Tim Burton Batman movies, where uh, the first one, uh, Sam Raimi was basically you know doing what the studio wanted. He was making a you know superhero movie with Spider-Man, and then, well, in Batman Returns, Burton went full Burton, and in Spider-Man 2, Raimi went full Raimi. Uh, It's my favorite Sam Raimi film. Uh, And I know that's going to ruffle some feathers, but I think it's it's the apex of his abilities as a filmmaker. Uh, Nothing's going to top that for me. Uh, I mean, you have the horror elements with uh, Doc Ock. Uh, You have the 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 love elements uh, with Mary Jane and Peter. You have uh, the the great uh, moments that uh, Peter shares with uh, Aunt May. you have the uh, creepy ghost stuff with uh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, spoiler, he dies in the first one. Uh, but yeah, I just love <laughs> Spider-Man 2 so much, and it's probably my favorite superhero movie. Yeah. yeah um, I, oh, go ahead, Wayne. I I would have to agree. I think the only thing that comes close to me, close to that for me, is Watchmen. Uh, which that's my second favorite. <laughs> watch, watch. I, I mean, we're we're right in line here. <laughs> I, they're both uh, in, incredible movies, and they do very different things with the material. Um, and you know, they go, of course, a very different routes for what's best. But yeah. Sam Raimi really ha- captures that the the 
the kind of the spirit of a comic book. It's colorful, it's lively, but it's also very tragic and, and operatic. And, you know, I, I think in this day and age when everything's about realism and it's about um, capturing uh, kind of like a certain formula in terms of these recent Marvel movies, uh, to see a movie that kind of takes risks and... Uh, and try and is dares itself to be silly and to be fun and to be uh, kind of almost senti- sentimental and sappy. Uh, it 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 works because of Sam Raimi. He's he's very sincere, and you can tell that he was a fan all his life. And to see it up on the screen is is a real treat. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, uh, I just uh, put this up front. Watchmen would be like thirty for me on my superhero rankings. Okay, um, you haven't seen the ultimate cut, so no judgments yet. I. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, but Spider-Man 2, I think, is my number two, and Batman Returns is, like, number one. So it's it's close. I love both of those. Like, for the reasons you said, Matt, like, Sam uh, Sam Raimi and Burton in their sequel to their superhero movies just went full out. Like, they put in their style, their quirks, everything on screen, and, you know, uh, luckily, well, I don't know what I'm saying, because uh, Spider-Man 3 happened in... It's not as good. I don't know what happened to Spider-Man Three. I don't know. Like, I don't know why the studio interfered so much with Spider-Man Three, uh, showing in Venom. I mean, why not just let Sam Raimi go again and just have him do? Uh, he wanted to do that the Vulture, right? And they didn't let no, him. No, he do wanted it. to do Morbius. Morpheus. Morbius. I forget I his know. name. He's yeah. the vampire. Yeah, but oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it still still boggles my mind. Anyway, yes. I mean, it's it's a classic Spider-Man Two, um, perfect in every way. Like like you said, Matt. I mean, this we we're not gonna see this again. Um, no, we won't. I, I don't know why. I mean, it, it's easy. I mean, it's not just let just let a director who is super talented go at this genre in in however in however way they see fit, and you'll get magic. You know. Uh-huh. But you know the 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 way we have it now with Marvel and DC, it's kind of hard to do that. Kind of hard to. Be as unique and inventive in a. We'll see a, what happens in a genre in that it just so lined up to follow a certain path, you know. But hey, you know, we'll see, we'll see. Okay, um, I think that's the show. I think <laughs> right? that brings us to brings a close. To the end. Um, William, thank you once again for coming on. Yeah, great. The, the, yeah, this was really a really great experience. Thank you. Yeah. Um, before we let you go, plugs. Where can the people listening find you online? They can find me on uh, Letterboxd, on which is one of the best uh, film sites on the web ever. Uh, it's great, uh, a great place to uh, read content and to communicate with other film fans. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at SilentOnLB. Uh, it, you're gonna uh, have a, a, you know, if you're gonna have a, a great experience online, uh, do it on Letterboxd. Uh, it's it's a wonderful site. Thanks for having me on here. This is this is really fun talking about movies. Absolutely. Glad you had a good time. <laughs> um, Matt, speaking of good times, you. If people listening want to have a good time, where can they find you online? As usual, you can find me on Twitter, at TheRealMattC. You can also find me on Letterboxd with the same name to make sure I'm not lying about what movies I've seen. And you can also find me at TalkFilmSociety.com, where I'm the managing editor, and I'm putting out some great stuff for y'all. Absolutely. Um, and also Pixels and Reels, right? Did you say that? My plug is getting too long, so <laughs> we will come back to Pixels and Reels from time to time. But do that, folks. Maybe I can take that over and say, go to Pixels and Reels and my plugs. There you go. <laughs> folks, go to Pixels and Reels on Facebook. 
Also, for me, my plugs at Marcelo J. Pico for classy pictures that do not contain Jessica Chastain because Trump won. Um, also, go to talkfromsociety.com. Talkfromsociety.com. I'm the editor in chief. And we, like Matt said, great content. Listen to all of our podcasts. They're coming out. I mean, I've slowed down a little bit because of the website, but still, go back and we still listen. got this one. This one's a weekly. Still, I'm, I'm not going to get. I'm not going to give this one up. This is still going, but Thank we still you. have. Because <laughs> I this. need this to live. <laughs> Don't worry. You'll, I mean, we're going to make it through fifty at least, right, Matt? Damn right. Yeah. So, hey, what you watching? Uh, the Talk from Society podcast, Colorado Streets, uh, the podcast where it happens. That's coming back, and eventually, the Stranger Things podcast, probably in December. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> and that's it. And that is it. Thank you, William, once again. This, yeah, this was wonderful. Great talking movies with you guys. And now to close out our show with our signature catchphrase, Matt. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Thanks for listening, folks, and keep on watching. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah.